What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. With me, of course, Adam Ronis. Big thanks to Fantasy Alarm and the Sawdust Podcast Network for bringing us together here to help you guys out with all sorts of fantasy, DFS, seasonal, betting, everything you could possibly want. Um, it's interesting. Uh, today is a day where everybody is uh, is jumping all over uh, waiver wires right now. There's you know the carnage that we saw in, in week two is just, just abominable. And yesterday's podcast, Adam and I kind of addressed that whole thing. And now, Adam, uh, you know, jumping into the fray here, we thought we were locking it down with Mike Davis and Jarek McKinnon and Miles Gaskin. Lo and behold, what happens? Devonta Freeman, he finally turns around. He signs with the team. He signs with the Giants. And I'm curious as to your thoughts on uh, on where you rank him now as uh, as a waiver wire guy yeah i'm not that interested in him uh i really think this giants backfield is going to be a little bit of a mess here's the other thing too freeman has not had any training camp we have he's can't be in great football condition so he's probably going to take a couple weeks to get assimilated does he even suit up this week too because i think he still has to pass the physical and the covid test so I don't even know if he plays this week. And even if he does, I think you'll see more Deion Lewis this week. Also, will it be Freeman and then Deion Lewis involved on passing downs? Uh, you would think, oh, well, Freeman has the experience. He should eventually be the three down back. But let's not forget, Saquon Barkley struggled behind this offensive line. He's one of the most talented running backs in football. And yes, week one was Pittsburgh. But we even saw it last year. If you go look at the game logs for Saquon Barkley, there was a lot of weeks he didn't do much on the ground. And a lot of it was through the air. So I'm really not that interested. I think Freeman is actually owned in quite a few leagues. Um, so I think he'll be the lead back, but I think they'll mix Deion Lewis in. Uh, but I'm really not that interested. And I'm someone who lost Saquon Barkley in a couple leagues. So I'll put in very small bids, 5 to 7%, 5 to 8%, which is not enough. Uh, I have my eyes elsewhere. So I am really not that interested in Freeman. And if I'm wrong, hey, I'm wrong. But I, I, just, I just don't see it in this Giants backfield. I think they're going to have to become more of a passing team. And I don't know how much Freeman has left. I was completely off him last year. Uh, and I know he had a couple of good games late in the year. And you could say, well, it's Atlanta, their line. But what, the Giants line is all of a sudden like great? So I am not sold on Devonta Freeman. I'm not sold on Freeman either. I thought he had a crap year last year. Um, what do you have? Two touchdowns and and like yeah, two rushing, and he averaged three point six yards per carry. Yeah, he's had concussions, knee issues. He was on the downside uh, the year before too, right? Oh, the, absolutely. The yeah, year before, he played two games played in two thousand eighteen. Yeah. So, yeah, I I I found that utterly insane. I I was just I was baffled by it. You know, here's a guy, here's a guy who turned down four million for a year in in Seattle. Right. right. And, and, and now he's like, he's sitting there and he's holding teams hostage and he's trying to negotiate, but you know, there's gotta be a reason why other teams that he went and visited. Cause he went and visited a couple of other teams that they just weren't interested. And I don't know if he was, if it was his price tag or whatever, but man, I gotta tell you, I'm with you. He was been on the decline. He did not look like he was going to be getting any better. The giants offensive line is crap. Uh, and, and yeah, they're going to end up abandoning the run, uh, pretty damn early because their defense blows. So I'm, I'm with you and you know, it's just, it's really funny because, you know, I was sitting there 
on the uh, on the fantasy alarm show. And, and, you know, when the news broke, well, I mean, it broke right before the show, but you know, when it came to it and we were talking, I said, flat out, I'm like, if you have Devonta Freeman on your roster and you aren't one of the people who lost Saquon or Christian McCaffrey or Raheem Mostert sell high on Devonta Freeman, because some idiot in your league is going to pay up for him. He's going to, they're going to be like, Oh my God. Well, Saquon was going to be amazing in that in that offense. Well, we're going to probably have the same amount of touches for Devonta Freeman. I think people are uh, they're just being sold a bill of goods here right now, and and I'm glad to hear that you are you and I are on the exact same page about this because, my lord, man, it is uh, it is it is bad, and and I just don't see it happening for him at all. Ugh, ugh. Thank you for yeah. Let someone waste their money. That's what I say. Let someone else spend, waste their money. Oh, and he's gonna go for big money too. Oh, like, he I mean, will. In, in all honesty, it probably saved a ton of people because now everybody's gonna go for Freeman as opposed to worrying about Mike Davis or Jarek McKinnon or even Miles Gaskin or Daryl Henderson, which works just fine for me because then instead of having to like put a huge bid on on a guy like Davis. You know, I could put like a, a mid-sized bid on him and and focus elsewhere uh, with with the rest of my money. I just, oh, unbelievable, unbelievable. So, so that's what's going on in the wonderful world of football. Now, you and I are recording this on Tuesday. Uh, ESPN, Yahoo, uh, CBS—they all run their uh, their their waiver requirements from Tuesday to Wednesday. And then uh, a number of the other leagues that we're in, we end up doing those uh, on on Wednesday. Like, I got to be honest with you, man. I mean, we should probably release a, a report of what these guys went for on Tuesday into Wednesday and just kind of clue people in about which way the herd is going. Because when the herd goes left, I'm going right. Yeah, I mean, sometimes there will be bids that you agree with. Uh, but every league is so different. You know, I found that out like the NFFC bids compared to RT sports championship, way different, way more aggressive in the NFFC. And I didn't know that about RT sports. And there were guys I bid on with no backup bids in RT. And I was stunned. I was like, what? Like no backup bids. So I wound up spending a little bit more than I wanted to. So you, I've always said you kind of have to know your league now. Maybe early in the year, you don't know. But there's a lot of people in home leagues who've been playing with a lot of the same players for years. So you have an idea of whether people are aggressive. Like I know in one of my leagues, I can guarantee you. I can email you the name and the bids that are going to go in my home league tomorrow for these scrub running backs. There's going to be someone who spends eight dollars $900. I guarantee it. And I will send you a screenshot when waivers runs because <laughs> uh, I, I know the league. And my friend already messed with me. I know it's going to be him. He messaged me. He's like, oh, so you're going to spend 900 on Deion Lewis because I have Barkley. I said, yeah, so don't put any bids in. And then he goes, well, I have Freeman. He's probably going to sign with the Giants. No, he said, well, Freeman might sign. And I go, don't put any bids on him either. He goes, I already own him. I go, he's done. And he goes, LOL. <laughs> so I know it. I guarantee you this dude's going to spend seven, eight hundred dollars and uh, my bid will be very, very tepid. Uh, I don't I'm actually not desperate there. Uh, I have a solid running backs considering the absence of Barkley, but I'm not 
putting in a high bid at all for Dion Lewis. No, I mean, that's that's just that that stupidity. Everybody keeps asking me to rank these running back free agents, and uh, I get through the majority of them, and then I go to fifty feet of crap, and then I say Dion Lewis's name. Uh, yeah, just no interest there um, whatsoever, whatsoever. Now, now let me ask you this because you know I've gone through this, and and for people who you know look at waivers, you you mentioned it right there, and I just you know this I just want to have like a quick waiver wire talk. Uh, with you tonight and obviously we'll see the way everything kind of plays out uh, for uh, you know for for everybody on on Wednesday to Thursday bids when you do you you mentioned no contingency picks for people like is this something that people aren't being taught to do like I had a guy who sent me a list of like four free agent pickups that he was doing four waiver claims that he was putting in not one of them had a, a you know, a, a contingency pick. And I said that to him and I was like, dude, th- you need some contingency picks in case you don't get your first option. And he's like, oh, are you allowed to do that? And, and that was it for me. Like, it just, it boggles my mind that people aren't being taught certain things about, you know, just basics, basics. It's like, you know, you're not picking up four guys and dropping four guys. That's not the way waivers works. So, I mean, do you do contingency bids for every single player that, that you want to do? Like you do, you know, let's say you're going to drop. I, I don't even know. I'll just throw a, throw Tevin Coleman's name out there. Oh, um, yeah. Look, I'll add, I'll add 12. If there's if there's eight guys that I think are viable pickups, I'll put eight guys dropping Coleman. Then the same eight guys dropping another player. You have to put in these lists. I think people don't want to put in the effort and work, but you have to understand you're not going to get who you want. And even if you think your highest bid is good enough, there might be someone who's more desperate than you. Yeah. And, you know, especially here's what I like to do it. And you might not be able to do this if you play in 12 leagues. Um, but if you only play in two or three, so say you want to pick up Mike Davis, what I would do, go to the roster grid, see who has Christian McCaffrey. Look at his running backs. If he doesn't have, if he only has one other good one and nothing else, you know, he's going to spend. Look at his fab budget. How much money does he have left? Now, almost everyone should have a lot of money. It's only, you know, week two going into week three waiver wire. This applies more late in the year, but I would still do it now. If it's 100 bucks fab, maybe he spent 32 on Robinson uh, a couple weeks ago and see what he has. And then that will at least give you an idea. You have to put yourself in his shoes and be like, wow, if I was him, man, I got to go really hard after Mike Davis because I only have one other starting running back. So... It takes time and work. You can do that. If you don't want to go to the asset, you don't have time, put in a lot of players. I mean, I can, I'll put in, even baseball this past week, I'll put in like 12 guys dropping one and then copy the list, put another claim dropping someone else. My lists are expansive. Now, you know, Howard, we're in leagues together. Some of them are deep. There's not going to be a lot of guys out there. There might only be five running backs you want this week. I don't care. Five running backs dropping one player. Maybe I have another player to drop. I'm going to copy that list. Five running backs, boom. Maybe there's eight receivers I want. Put the list of eight receivers in order. You know, 23, 18, 16, maybe one, 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 one. Copy that list. Yeah, you got to put in a lot of names. This is not just like, oh, well, I only want these two guys and that's it. You got to go deep and put in a lot of names. I was just stunned in some of them that there were no... Like I was the only bit on yeah. 
several guys. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like I had George Kittle, the RT Sports, right? I had George Kittle. And my backup was Jimmy Graham. I had picked him up after week one because I'm like, man, 20 roster spots should have a backup tight end. I got screwed in the draft, like kept kind of waiting, like, oh, yeah, these tight ends are go- will be here. And then they just kept getting scooped up, and I was picking two. So I lost out on a lot of tight ends. I'm like, ah, oh, it's okay. It's Kittle, you know. Of course, I should have known uh, he was going to get hurt early. Uh, so last week, I'm like, man, I got to get Logan Thomas. I like him. The target share is going to be there. I'm going to spend some money. Put in a bid of 186. No one else bid. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? Like, no one threw in like a 10 12 $16 bid? I was like, now I feel like, all right, I kind of wasted money, but I needed him. You know, I needed him in the lineup with no Kittle. So I was just stunned. And even in some other leagues, like, uh, there were no backup bids. Because, you know, you you could usually see the backup bids uh, on uh, almost almost any site. I think almost any site. I know on RT you can, NFFC you can. Uh, but I always like to look at the backup because I want to be like, did I overspend? Mm-hmm. Uh, some, you know, when you win it by two, three bucks, it's like, oh, yes, I was smart. If you lose it by a few bucks, you feel like crap. Um, but, yeah, I look at all that stuff. But, yeah, you got to put in a lot of bids. It's not just like, oh, I only want this guy and I'm going to get him and then that's it. And I think that's the problem is people don't have expansive lists. No, they they don't. And, you know, and there's like a number of things about it. You know, I, I went through it. And, you know, so so this is what I, I want to share with everybody who's listening to the podcast right now. All right. Waiver wire action when you have to do it. Five steps. Right. And I mean, this is, this is a thorough five steps that you need to take. Number one, assess the damage on your roster before you even look at who's available. Study your roster, which positions suffering the most due to injury, underperformance, what, what's what's your depth look like? Can your bench players carry you for a week or two? Um, and then determine what your greatest need is going to be and rank the positions based on what you need first. Like mark off all the players. You can either move to IR or drop outright, but you just assess the damage on your roster first. Then step two, make a list of potential targets. See who's available. Scroll through the entire list. Organized by different categories also. How many times, Adam, do you see somebody uh, go, oh, well, it's, just, it's by uh, projected numbers for uh, for the upcoming week. And they look at like the, the first three guys and they don't go deeper into it and they don't look at, at who those guys are, um, you know, and, and you end up missing out because, you know, like take a guy like Zach Pascal, right? Called up, you know, off the practice squad, um, you know, didn't have any, you know, obviously no work in week one, minimal work in uh, in week two. And and so, you know, his touches and his targets don't look great. But if you know that Philip Rivers loves to throw to the interior receivers, well, that that's that's the, the slot receiver and the tight end. Those are the guys who who get that. So scroll through the entire list and really organize it. Separate players by position. Only lump them together if you've got starters set. Like your starting positions, your starting running backs, your starting wide receivers, um, and then you and you're only looking for flex help or depth, right? So that's step two. Step three, exactly what you just said. Understand your opponent's needs. Who lost who? What does your opposition need the most? Who has the same needs as you? How much fab do they have left? Who's got the higher waiver priority? Um, you know, one of the things that I try to teach people. 
And, you know, I mean, you and I, we look at the list, you know, and we see, you know, like at RT Sports, you know, they show who who everybody got and then they show all the other bids. I tell people, keep a fab book, like just jot down notes because you want to see who's spending how much on which positions is does, you know, the, the person who need McCaffrey, are they one of those types of, you know, or who lost McCaffrey? Are they one of those types of people? who just keeps churning over for the the flavor of the week wide receiver and they're just burning fab budget there like cuz then they're not going to have enough and uh and I I think that you know people just don't look at what everybody else needs before they do that step 4 I then go back and I read the waiver wire article from Dan Malin on fantasy alarm and I and I watch the stock watch from uh from Fensty just to see what everybody, you know, who everybody's looking at and who people are starting to favor more and more. So I get that assessment there. And then step five, I set up my fab bids uh, and my waiver claims. I'm aggressive where I need to be. I set up contingency bids and I don't waste fab or priority if I don't need to make the move. If, you know, if, if I don't need to make a waiver move, then I don't do it. I just, it, it, it's insane. And it's like, it's five quick, easy steps. And, and I guess people are just so, I, I don't know what shy about doing work, putting in some effort. They sit there and they piss and moan because somebody makes a trade and they've got $50, uh, you know, at stake. And all of a sudden it's like the end of the world is coming and cries of collusion, but you ask them to go take a couple of extra minutes and, and, and understand what their waiver wa- waiver work is all about. And you're, you it's like, you've asked them to split the atom. Look, you guys know this. If you play in leagues with people for a while, you ever notice that some of the same people are always near the top of the standings? They might not always win every year, but they're always in contention. There's a reason why. They're putting in the work. They're paying attention to detail. And they're working the waiver wire. It's really important. You know, you'll see it. Some teams miss waiver wire every a few times a year. They're not winning. You're just not. Like you said before, you go through the waiver wire. There might be weeks where, you know what, I'm, I'm, I don't have anyone to drop. There's no one. I didn't have any injuries. There's no real pickups. Fine. You still look. I mean, those are weeks I might say, all right, you know what, this one roster spot is one that I churn. I'll put in a dollar bid for, you know, five guys that I think might see their role grow. So, and, and you can do that in some leagues. You, you know, have one roster spot that you kind of churn. Uh, maybe your draft went so well. And your waiver wire the first couple weeks was so good. You don't have that. Fine. But don't ignore the waiver wire. That's something that you cannot do, especially this week. There are players on the waivers. And maybe some of these guys, maybe none of them pan out. But this is the week that you absolutely have to look at it closely and always put in a small bid. I mean, there have been times where I'm like, oh, my goodness, how the hell did I get this guy? I didn't think I had any shot. I thought he was going to go for... $32 and I got them for eight. How the hell did that happen? You never know. People forget. Maybe they, they overlook something. So, you know, always put in those nominal bids. They, and you don't expect to win them, but you never know. People might, might forget and it's happened before. So every week you have to look at the waiver. It doesn't mean you have to put in bids every week. I try to, but Sometimes you can't force it. If your roster is fine, there's no one you really want to drop. But I have to think at this point, I have to think everyone has at least one player on the roster they want to drop. Yeah. 
Yeah, they do. Well, I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. You and I, uh, we probably have that in, in the leagues that we do. There are people out there with 10 team, you know, leagues uh, and, and their rosters are, are just stacked. And it's like, you know, they're like, well, who do I drop to? You know, it's like, who do I drop to pick up Russell Gage? Do I drop Deshaun Jackson or Jalen Rager? It's like, uh, you know, is that really a, a move that's necessary? And, you know, you try to explain that to them, that they're just kind of spinning their wheels and they're chasing last week points and stuff like that. Um, it's it's tough. It's really, really tough. I think, you know, I, I honestly feel like, and I know that you, you would probably hate this because I probably wouldn't like it either, but maybe we should just start forming like some 10-team industry leagues so that we can be in touch with, you know, Bob from accounting. Honestly, I think the 12 team, 16 roster spots are kind of similar in a way. And I know we do that for some leagues. Um, 10, I don't, don't you think, I mean, I haven't seen the numbers, but don't you think most leagues are 12? I know, I think the ESPN uh, standard is 10, right? I believe so. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't you find most people that ask you questions, it's 12? Um, I, 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 you know what? I mean, I've never really kind of kept track in my head even. I mean, but from you, just, just if your gut, don't you feel a lot of the questions you get are 12 um, teams? Probably. Probably. Yeah. I mean, but you're but, right. But there not, are more, it's, there it's are more not, 10 teams than, than a lot of people in this industry want to acknowledge. Right. Well, people in our industry don't want to acknowledge it because it's not, you know, it's not challenging enough. Uh, to be in a 10-team league, especially if it's a 10-team league with a deeper bench. And then you're like, well, I don't even know what the hell I'm doing, why I'm playing this. Is well, that's see, that's the thing is our job is to cover all of that. And like you said, I don't personally like a 10-team league, but this isn't about me. This is this is why like, I like to know and play a variety of leagues, like especially baseball. Like if you've never played in an AONL only, you have no idea how to give advice. No if clue. you haven't played if you haven't played in a points league, you don't know how to give advice. So I try to do a multitude of them. Um I haven't done the points leagues as much recently, but I understand it. I played in it for years and I like them. Um I've played in AONL only. I don't really play much anymore. I know you do for tout, but I understand. I've won those leagues. I've played in them and I understand how thin the waiver wires you sort by at bats and there's maybe four guys that have added bats so i understand that and that's why i like to play or at least familiarize myself with a lot of leagues and i understand i get some of the 10 team league questions and see the roster i'm like damn man this is crazy um so yeah we have to answer those it's i always i've always said this you find a league that you have fun in playing it it doesn't matter what you think what i think what the industry thinks this is about having fun and, and obviously winning some money if that's what you're in it for. Um, like I had a friend who said he plays in a 10 team league at work, but he's like eight teams make the playoffs. And I said, I would never play in that league. And he goes, well, it's, this is how they set it up. And he won it. And he was the eighth seat and he won. And I was just like, wow, I would never play in it. And like, he was taking it personal. Like we kind of got, he started like getting confrontational with me. I'm like, Look, man, congratulations that you won. I understand that. I'm just saying if I was invited to that league and I saw that, there's no way I would play in it. I'm like, congratulations, you got your money. But, like, how do you – like, 80% of the league makes the playoffs? Like, imagine you're the one seed and you go 12-2 and or, no, I guess less. Like, say 10-2. and And you lose in the first round. 
to a team that won three games. I'm sorry, I couldn't stomach that. We already have enough randomness as it is right. with six teams and out of a 12-team league get in. But again, if you like that and that's what you want, play in it. Who cares what I think? It's not you know what it's all about you. It is all about you. It's it's whatever you want to play. It's whatever makes you happy. Like, yeah, I mean, again, I'm not gonna crap on somebody for playing in a 10-team league. You know, we see this on stupid fantasy football Twitter all the time. Where somebody asks you a question, they show you your their roster, and everybody's like, "Oh, what is that? Like an eight team league?" And the guy's like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Oh, well, that's that's garbage." Blah blah. blah. You know, again, it's it's it is. It's whatever you prefer. It's whatever makes you happy. And if that's the league you play, yeah, I just I I do think, yeah, I think that maybe you know there. I mean, there just there are so many things that we take for granted being in this industry. Uh, and for as long as we've been in it, that you know, maybe maybe that's what it takes. Maybe it's uh, maybe it, it, we we need to just kind of go back and do you know one of those ten team leagues. We'll do that. We'll do a ten team industry league, a fantasy alarm next time, and we'll uh, and and uh, and we'll see what we can do. Um, all right, before uh, we keep going here, I want to uh, just give a shout out to uh, our wonderful sponsors, Monkey Knife Fight, uh, a DFS site you should definitely be playing on. And here's why. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> All right, Adam. So school was in session. They got their five easy tips to uh, to do their waiver wire work and be successful at it and not be lazy. Um, so let's wrap things up here like we did last night. You hit on the money, baby. You said Denver in the points. You said that's what you wanted. They gave you a little scare. You thought that they might have uh, might might have given the lead back, but nevertheless, a nice little ten one run in like the final two minutes of the game. Uh, locks it in for Denver. That's a big win. To, uh, we got Celtics Heat, uh, and that's here on uh, on Wednesday. Uh, Celtics favored by three and a half. Are you leaning anyway? I know that this is a very close series for you, but is there a lean on any of the players on any of the bets? Uh, I I'm leaning Celtics right now. Uh, I, I, again, I, I thought this was a series that would go seven, um, and I'm probably going to need Boston to win this game in order for that to happen. Uh, look, they've, 
they've played pretty well in this series. They had they've had a, a double digit lead in every single game. Uh, obviously, they lost the first game in overtime. Uh, in the second game, they lost the regulation, and then game three, they came out and they were in control most of the way. Although they did have a little lapse late, Miami was making a run. Miami just seems like they're never out of it and they're always pushing. So uh, you know, Boston's had a couple of day, extra days here. Uh, I, I think that helps them. You know, Gordon Hayward came back. Uh, was not really limited in minutes, which I was a little surprised. So I think that helps getting him back. So um, I'm leaning towards Boston right now uh, to even this series at two. All right. Beautiful. Well, there you go, guys. Adam Ronis dropping the knowledge on you, talking waiver wire, talking NBA best bets. Uh, fantastic stuff, as always. Thanks so much for everybody tuning in here. Uh, Adam and I both have waiver wire work that we got to do right now. So we're going to make it a, a quick stop here. Say goodnight to everybody. Thank you so much. Thanks to Shannon Blunt, our producer and, and editor who takes care of us here. Thanks to Fantasy Alarm, Sawdust Podcast Network. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. We'll catch you next time.